Welcome back to the Salon Conversation podcast. If you've ever wondered how do you take your business from where it is now to be a fully sustainable salon, one that is green as green, and not only can you look after your wonderful clients, but you can look after the planet as well. Well, Jacqueline has made that her mission. She has many skills under her belt. Um, She is a master neuro coach and she's also an energy healing practitioner but she has a salon as well that is a blueprint for how you run a sustainable salon. I think you'll like um, the conversation that I had with her because I think we all have questions about how do we how do we even start where do we go and what's realistic when it comes to having a salon that is environmentally friendly. So sit back and listen to what Jacqueline and I had to chat about today. I think you'll be very delighted. Welcome to Salon Conversations. It's Lisa Conway here and I'm your host. We often know the public face of those that we look up to in the hair and beauty space, but I'm really keen to find out the full story, the backstory, why this industry Where did it all start for them? Where are they now? And where do they expect to be next? In this podcast, I'll be looking behind the salon door because that's the salon conversation I'm really keen to have. Welcome, Jacqueline. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. That was easy. Having you is easy. Um, it was interesting because I'm always looking for interesting people that I want to talk to on the podcast and um, your name popped up and I thought, oh, I want to know a bit more about that girl. I want to know what she what she does and how she came to be here. So I think for the people that are listening, how did you come to be um, a stylist first? Is that That's how you started out, is it? So tell me a little bit about how you started out, how you left high school perhaps or what we call high school in Australia. Um, how did you end yep. up in the beauty space and then how did you end up where you are what what brought you to into this space in the first place I always think that's a good question yes so I have been in the industry for 23 years and I did I left high school um, with my cosmetology license and I went off to college and decided that um, well honestly I started in architecture and yeah I got into architecture Um, while having my cosmetology license. So I worked in a salon and I really, really just did not like it. And I kept wanting to go back to the beauty industry because something about being able to have that transformation in one setting with people. And, and really I love people. I love talking to them. I love creating like a community and connection with humans So I got to do that. And that's where I started. And, uh, oh, it has been a journey and a whirlwind. (laughs) It would be. It would be. And I think often where we start out is not where we end up. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't think we think about that too much in the beginning. You just think of what's the next right thing. That's really cool. Um, So, and it would have been uh, the creative side that you liked, I think, because when when you're like me and that you love people, I love people's stories. I want to know, oh, how did she end up here? And I'm I'm very interested. But we could do that in... um, 
we could do that in a medical space or we could do that in a you know in other platforms as well but I think one of the things that's really lovely is we're allowed to talk to people in this industry like it's <laughs> we get paid to talk to people whereas in other industries you too much chit chat is not a, is not welcome well and funny thing is in the architecture space like I interned in an architecture firm and I got to be creative there too right a different type of creativity but the human connection wasn't there yeah. You couldn't go and talk unless you were like in special meetings, but it was very like cut and dry. And I, I really missed it and craved it. So yeah. being able to have the creativity and connect with humans. And I just really think also as hairstylists, um, we have a special power because much like bartenders, you know, people really do open up to us. And they let down that guard where in a lot of other industries, we, you just don't get that because people have those guards up. So you don't get the full connection with people. Yeah, that's right. And I think because we don't have guidelines around how we speak to a person, we just speak from our heart. Whereas if you're a psychologist or somebody in the know, they would have a framework and they need to be very careful not to cross the boundaries. Oh, we're crossing boundaries. We're crossing boundaries. <laughs> probably all the wrong things, but somehow it seems to magically work, doesn't it? It does. It magically works. And I think it's, uh, it's a real superpower. And I don't think it's something that we really think about or talk about enough. No, but it's, it's the influence we have. That's right, and people that are really good at it, I think there's there's a there's a line too that you don't want to get too involved in someone's life, but you want to give them oh. the, the, the you want to give them some encouragement and things like that, and it's really important to do that. So tell me, how do you get from being um, so you get into cosmetology and you come back to it now, and then you start to think about the wellness space, as in the less chemicals and things like that. How does that because if you've been doing this for a long time, I think it's it's a new thing now. I think it's quite common yeah. to be to be mindful of what's in their products. I think people are mindful of um, the things that they used to do. I was a hairdresser in the eighties, and we just inhaled hairspray all day long. We just did. We every, anything came in an aerosol can. We loved it better. Came out of the jar better than a pump. And the other thing was we used to wind perms in the perm solution. Like we used to put the perm solution yeah. on the hair and then we wound it up with the perm solution on. And I remember them changing the formula. So we used to wind it in water, wet hair, and then put the thing on, which made so much sense because it's all going on at the same time. Like really what we did was pretty silly because the first rod went in and about 40 minutes later the last rod went in and then we put the timer on. That's yeah. So I, I wonder to wonder why people went out with hair on their head when you think about it. But anyway. <laughs> exactly. How did that um, come about for you? Because I didn't go chasing the wellness space. The wellness space came into everybody's thinking. But it sounds to me that you chase the wellness space? I did. So I started in the wellness space in the salon probably around 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, before that, I it honestly started with my kids. I had these two little kids 
toddler and a baby walking around the house, you know, wanting to get into everything. And really, it seems so funny when I say it out loud, but I was cleaning the bathroom and I'm cleaning the bathroom and they keep wanting to come into the bathroom. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to breathe this stuff in. It's not good for you. And for whatever reason that day, I was like, huh, if I don't want them breathing it in, maybe I shouldn't be breathing it in. So I took a step and just like started researching, you know, what's in chemicals, what are my alternatives, what can I do? And that day I opened Pandora's box (laughs) and oh yeah, it was this entire world. And really back then nobody was talking about it. So I started on my journey at home and I noted, like, I cleaned everything up, got rid of toxins, really was doing, like, clean eating, clean, you know, the whole thing, right? Clean wellness living. And then I would walk into my salon. And, you know, salons are super toxic. There's, like, all the chemicals there. And I noticed that I was getting, like, slight headaches when I would come home. I always felt that way. But I didn't notice until my home was like really clean. So I had given myself a break from the toxins. And then I'm walking into the salon. So that was the journey of like, okay, I really need to start shifting things in the salon. And nobody was teaching that. So I had to like just go about it on my own. And I started with the easy stuff of like, it's easy to change over your cleaning products. And then I started with like some shampoos and conditioners and it was, it was quite the journey because there wasn't even a whole lot of options and it has been my entire purpose. My entire business is built on it. And as the years have gone on, I have just gotten deeper and deeper now with not only clean beauty, but green beauty and sustainable beauty and how do we incorporate this whole holistic view um, to what we do behind the chair and in our lives. Absolutely. And when you think about, you know, me soaking my hands in perm solution and you'd wind three perms a day and I probably did that for 10 years, like that can't be good, can't be good. And and you also, um, some people have reactions immediately but some people have reactions down the road or down the tra- the path. And so we're not really sure where the Alzheimer's or the any of those types of disease, Parkinson's and things like that. But there seem to be a, a strong connection back to, you know, with the things that we've been doing for a very long time, all of us actually. And so yeah. that, that tells me the story of a girl um, like in my time, we had so many girls who would give up hairdressing because of their hands, right? They had to give it up because they had dermatitis. And it was almost like, oh, God, should I employ that girl because she's got dermatitis? And you just knew that it was going to come back to get you, right? So if someone was having some problems, you had to either keep them out of the basin. Some girls would wear cotton gloves and then rubber gloves on the top and then they'd shampoo hair that way and and they made gloves that didn't pull the hair. So it's been an ongoing thing bopping along in the background, for a lot of time. I remember meeting this chap years ago who had one of the very first um, product companies and it was very small. He only had about 
50 salons that it was in, and he had this shampoo and conditioner. Now, the shampoo in the bottle was, was um, I don't know how to say it, snotty and thick and globby. It wasn't. It wasn't beautiful like all the other ones. You know, you just pour the other ones out and they were beautiful on their hand, you know, mm-hmm. and started up all night. His wasn't. It was very different. And we implemented that into the salon because it was very different and we were way ahead of our time way back then. And the girls' hands cleared, completely cleared. And so it was, a, it was I was keen on this product because it was different and I really liked the man who was making the product and I did it for that. I didn't really think about the girls' hands at the basin, but they completely cleared and I thought, well, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing how a small shift like that can make such a big impact. And really over the last 12 years of running a clean, holistic salon, that's what I've realized Mm -hmm. is it is one simple decision at a time that does create like this compound effect. And when we take that consideration and we really think about like you said like you went into it for because it was something different well there's many reasons to get into not just clean products but full-on holistic practices in your salon like there is so many different reasons and the bonuses are that it's better for us our health it's better for our clients health And it's better for the earth. Like these are the three things that should matter the most to us. So having those options now is such a beautiful thing, but it doesn't have to be this like huge switch overnight or something like that. No, and I think that's important to do because you have to take everybody on the journey, not just your clients, but your team members as well. And, you know, yourself on the journey. So, and then you've got to also be, I think, um, patient is probably a good word, patient with people mm-hmm. so that they come with you on the journey instead of saying, well, you're all wrong, I'm right, and it has to be done this way. That's just a recipe for disaster. I think we know it when we hear it so bluntly, but I think yeah, sometimes you just your actions speak greater than words and if you just start on that journey and start to think about what you can do. I think for me um, the education is really important because when we stopped using a a shampoo that had all the suds that it felt Mm -hmm. weird, it's like, "Mm, is this really clean? I don't know, right? And so know now that it is really clean and that there isn't a need to have the the laurel sulfates in there Um, and so that you just have to be patient. You just say, just trust me, let me do it, and then you can see for yourself. And don't push the answers onto people, you know, place them, so that the people can pick yeah. up the answers themselves. I think that would be my advice to anybody who wants to to make those changes. What what do you think about that? Oh, for sure. Education is number one. Mm. And I think that's something like as we're learning, right, because this is a newer thing for a lot of people, for the industry as a whole. So when you're getting into something new, it is always about educating yourself, right? And we think about maybe educating ourselves But taking our stylists, our clients on the journey as we're educating ourselves is such a beautiful thing because when you get into this, it's hard not to like start to care, right? Oh, I don't want these toxins in my system. 
okay, also, I don't want to pollute our planet. These are things that we care about and getting really, really clear on what your values and your mission is, right? As a salon leader, getting clear on those values. And then as you're choosing and making choices and changing things, communicate with your team. When you have a leader who is really passionate about something in because you care, you know, you're coming from a very heart-centered place, most of your team is going to be on board or at least open to the idea. And then when you start educating them on why you're making these changes and what the benefits are for them, mm. the benefits are for their clients, yeah. it is really a no-brainer. And people start to like want to change and go along the journey with you. And same for your clients. I mean, that's a huge thing. They're still not hundred percent aware. Although I will say consumers nowadays, most of them are starting to demand that businesses are starting to have social responsibility, be healthier for you um, and care about the earth. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here in Australia, I feel like we are way more advanced when it comes to those type of things. And perhaps you are in America. Um, yeah, we would not see here um, in your lot of your takeaway food. They give you about eight serviettes every time they give you a serviette. They um, the plastic plates and things. We don't have the plastic plates. We don't have the plastic knives and forks and things like that. It's actually it's quite different. Like yeah, we we just don't have that much of it. And so when I've just been in America for a month and I was fascinated how much it stands out now. You know, and um, another, one, another one that we notice is the tumble dryers. Everybody has a tumble dryer to dry their their towels, you know. Like mm -hmm. we hang it out. We hang it out in the sunshine. Yeah. yeah. So just little things like that. And you, you do notice like we all, Australia is known for having the hills hoist. That's a clothesline out the back. And so we, we yeah. just clothesline out the back. That's what we do. Whereas I find in America the tumble dryer is is really it's a it's a big place most houses would not have a tumble dryer we don't need one you know you might have one in the bad climates but yeah it's a, it's really interesting so in that way it's fascinating that 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 we all live in the earth and yet our view or our time of learning is different you'd think wow with all the the interaction that we have because it's not like we can't connect you and I've just found each other on the internet yeah. to connect, but it's fascinating that it's um like, I feel really uncomfortable with all the tumble drying that's going on and the lack of clothes hanging out. And I think, okay, wow. Isn't that funny how that just feels wrong now? Whereas there was a time when it didn't feel wrong. We did. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting. Hey guys, it's Simon from Lisa's tech team and we hope you're enjoying the show so far. We'd really love it if you could share it with another salon owner, maybe give us a review or a rating and yeah, some feedback. As Lisa says, feedback is fertilizer, so we'd love to hear what you think. But anyway, enough from me and let's get back to the show. And I think it's very like, you know, you say we can connect now. That's still a newer thing where we're able to connect so much easier, right? And see what we're doing. But really it comes down to where wherever you live 
And it's all marketing. Mm-hmm. It's not normal for you to have tumble dryers because you haven't been marketed to. Okay. Yeah. Same here. We're, we're very marketed. Like it is just how we do things, but mm-hmm. everything comes to play because of marketing, which mm-hmm. this, you know, I, I can go on and on about this. Cause I, I do get so passionate about the whole, the whole point of everything that we are sold yeah, the story. And yeah, it, it's all a marketing scheme. Everything comes from somebody creating something and they want to market it to you. I mean, even um, toothpaste, like that was not a household thing. That was not something that you did morning and night until someone created a toothpaste. They're like, hmm, how do we get this? You need it morning and night. And now that's our standard, right? Uh that's how everything comes to be. And this is one of the things like, as I was starting my journey, I mean, I went through a a really, really hard time throughout that journey, where I really did have to actually start questioning everything in my life. So breaking away from society's norms of what everybody does, and what everybody thinks is okay, and all of the the marketing that's being pushed at us day in and day out. When I started actually just taking a step back and questioning, like, do I even really want this? Mm. Is this something that actually serves me? Do I care about it? Or is this something that has kind of been pushed onto me to, to want this? And that was a huge turning point. And that comes down to everything. Like, if we weren't marketed this fast pace, everything has to be disposable because we don't have time to wash a plate, <laughs> you know, like that wouldn't be a thing if we weren't marketed it. But you have to really take that into consideration and start breaking down some of the society norms that we see. Yeah. And I think um, that's one of the things I love the most about traveling is you go, wow, they do that here. That's different. And I remember being in Spain and if you got a coffee, nobody offered you a takeaway cup. You sat down, sit yes. down and have your coffee. And I think that's interesting. Like if you haven't got time to sit and have the coffee, you don't need the coffee or you need to maybe have a look at what else is going around. But So I think about Spain and the amount of disposable coffee cups they would use in a day compared to Australia. Like everybody you see walking, they have this cup. It's like they're being breastfed by coffee, you know. <laughs> they just want to go, they go, and so we go, no, we'll get the coffee and we'll get going home so we can get on with their day. And I think, what, you can't sit and drink the coffee? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's it, all about mindset. Yeah, it is about mindset and it's about how we're being marketed to. That's very, that's very true. So tell me a little bit how a salon might be interested in changing over. To thinking in a much healthier way because I, I'm a business coach as well here in Australia and in America too I might add that's my new uh, my new place to to land and I'm really fascinated with the way um, the African-American hair is done that that's really new and exciting for me because we don't have much of that here um, and so we're both we're both in that space we're both um, uh, educators 
And so for me, it's it's around changing the person's mindset about what how they do business and whether they should be working on the floor for 40 hours a week or is it okay to have team members that work on the floor? And so we get them to make that shift from um, the stylist or the beauty therapist to the entrepreneur mm-hmm. because it's a different skill set. Yeah. You know, I think and it's about, oh. yeah, we learned our trade and so we learned that. But do how long do we hang on to that, and and then what's next? Now you might you might remain as a we call them onesies, but you call them booth operators. So you might, yes. remain, but there's still a set of skills that you'll need to have if you're going to run a business. You know, um, putting away your money for tax and all sorts of things, and with what help you get, even if you don't want a team, you still need some sort of help. I always believe that. You shouldn't be doing the towel washing and all of that. I think there's there's people for that. Um, so that's my passion. And I think that came about because I didn't know how to make that transition. I think I went from a, a in a really good stylist and now I've got a salon. I'm thinking, but how do I make sure everyone else is working? I know I'm working. Um, so that was my shift. So for you, I can understand how you've been on that journey yourself. You did it yourself. And then you go, mm-hmm. oh, I want to share this. <laughs> That's like me, isn't it? I've, I've done it myself and then I want to share it. And I think how does a person find you or how do they work with you? Do they work with you for a, a month or a year or how does that come about? Tell me how so the listeners might want to know. Yeah, of course. So I do mainly because I, I was that hairstylist and I transitioned over to salon owner. Um, I am an entrepreneur at heart. So I loved that part of it. And that's why I was able to really create this whole thing because I was able to get into the weeds, whereas just a stylist, I didn't have a whole lot of control. So I work a lot with salon owners because I believe that a lot of this change has to start with the leader, right? Whether that's you're a suite owner by yourself, again, you still have a team, but you get to make the decisions. And I like to work, I do one-on-one work, like if you really want to break down like exactly what you need. And then I also have the Holistic Salon Academy where I teach the the mindset shift because I am a neuro coach and an energy healing practitioner. So I take and bring those together to help you like just rewire your thoughts and the beliefs on how we can be in this, you know, beauty industry. And then walking through the steps of like, okay, so now like I want to make this change. Where do I start? Do I start with clean beauty? Do I start with sustainability? How do I actually find the things and start putting them in together? And how do I take my team and my clients mm-hmm. on that journey with me so that you're, you're not getting backlash, but you're really creating that space that everyone wants to be a part of? Yeah, absolutely. And that's just... You find your tribe, don't you? I think it's that's yes. what you're looking for. It's the people that think like you. I think we need people to challenge us too, but I think it's people yeah. that are happy and they feel good. I, I always say, um, because often hippies, you know, we call them hippies, that's from my era, um, I always say I'm a cosmopolitan hippie. So I say I'm, I'm, I'm not your hippie with, with um, letting all your hair grow natural everywhere all over your body. I'm not that kind. But I certainly, um, I'm certainly a hippie. I, I like the way that um, we can use and choose our natural products and things like that. I think that's really important. Yes. And there's so many more choices now. Mm. There are so many choices. People 
in the industry and outside of the industry are being so innovative to start thinking of things that like we can just start taking away and not using, you know, reducing our carbon footprint and also saving our hands and our, our bodies. Cause you, you mentioned dermatitis, but there's so many more things. And I have had friends in the industry who have had lung cancer and different types of ailments that they have stop their profession because they literally like would come in contact with color and immediately break out. So there's something that we can do. And there's beautiful, amazing, innovative people out there starting to make some change. So once you start getting really clear on what's important to you, you can start attracting those people to you. And and that's such a, a great thing. Yeah. And can you can you successfully? I know the answer, but for people who might be thinking, mm-hmm. oh, that's okay, but you can't really color hair, you can't cover gray hair, you can't, you know, what would be the limits? Do you think that you can take it up when people? Oh, that's questions. I love it. There's no limits. There's mm-hmm. companies out there now. That also being said, there is not a company out there that has a super pure, like completely clean, clean, clean hair color line. The closest you're going to get is henna. And that is not going to be a very sustainable model in a salon, right? So what we're looking at there is we're looking at progress, not perfection. So what can you switch in your color line that's just a little bit better than the previous color line, right? So you don't have to be perfect. We can't at this point. But we can make decisions that just help to reduce some of the impact that we are having. Yeah, that's right. And I think that that's where the negative Nancy says, well, you can't have a complete clean colour. So does that mean you don't try? Well, I don't think so. I think it it means you just go to something that's nicer. That's all. You just keep constant improvement around all of the camps until you get to the stage and someone will bring something out and I do remember using henna um, when I was in the younger days only because a hippie (laughs) (laughs) who was ahead of her time would bring it in and it used to drop all over the floor and it used to stink the place up and it was you know one shade of orange it was pretty ordinary Um, and we used to do it but I think, yeah, that we've come a long way since then. But I also think it's the conversation around, you know, there's a lot of people who stopped colouring their hair during COVID because they couldn't and then they realised that maybe they would grow it out. So colouring your hair suits me because I don't want to have grey hair yet. I One day I will, but I'm not ready yet. Mm-hmm. Some other people, there's there's lovely ways that they can colour their hair that is just, um, you know, perhaps foil work. It doesn't have to be every hair on your yep. head completely covered you know and I think if you're really in tune with your clients and you're listening they love that because it's not a you know I'm like me I'm you know two weeks in and I'm already needing something because that's the downside when you do what I do Um, but then I think well there's lots of other alternative ways so it's it doesn't have to be yes or no it can be maybe and I think sometimes just exploring the maybe is a really good place to start. Well, and thinking even outside of color, there are so many other options. Like we offer a lot, and this is a big thing that's starting to come out more too, is scalp care. 
a holistic scalp care where you're really supporting people who are having scalp issues and things like that. And there are completely clean lines that can support you on that journey. Well, that's a great option to be able to offer something else. And there are so many other options that you can have where it's not just, we're not just talking about hair color, right? Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, like I said, the scalp thing, um, the scalp services, energetic services. We do a lot of energy healing and things like that along with our services, especially after COVID where people are more stressed out than ever. They're just, you know, they're dealing with a whole lot. So being able to offer a safe space for anyone, right? Inclusivity is a huge one. Like, are you actually open for everyone to be able to come and be in your space? Mm. Are you hearing them? Are you seeing them? You know, there's a difference between sitting down and having a consultation and hearing and seeing your clients and seeing what it is that they need. That also plays a part in a holistic approach to your salon. So there's so many different facets you can go down like that. We don't have to be so one tracked minded. Like it doesn't have to be just about color or just about the product that you're using. Mm, Absolutely. It's the sky's the limit. Like it's, we live in cool times, don't we? I know people sometimes um, reflect on things when life was um, less complicated. I don't know. I don't. I don't ever think like that. I don't ever want to go back, you know, to the way we thought ten years ago or twenty years ago. I, I like the fact that we've got choices because to me, they're like TV channels. You just turn the channel. Like if that's not the choice, you just change the choice, and then you change the choice. And you've had, you know, everything can be found in Google. How we ever manage without that? I don't know. I don't think <laughs> I have no idea. I love our advancements. I, and I there's always an upside and a downside to both. But if we look at how can we use the advancements to do good, mm. then there's going to be a better way of doing things. Yeah, that's right. And I think the downside is probably too much, too much choice, spoilt for choice, too much um, like Google. Sometimes you just got to sit with it and try and find the answer yourself instead of it's like running straight to someone to ask them, you know, maybe we need to sit with things a little bit more, but yeah, I think getting the feedback from people who know you and like you and trust you, who can give you that sort of honest feedback. And I think it's, there's somebody to help you for every challenge you have. There really is. And that, I, I really like that. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. Find your people, find your, people. Find your tribe. Find the people who think like you, who have the same, like who have been there, right? Because as coaches, like that's what we've done. I mean, I wish I had someone to guide me through this whole journey because it was a journey. (laughs) Lots of ups and lots of downs. That's right. Expensive mistakes too, you know, putting putting in a brand that didn't suit you and you think, well, that wasn't what it promised. You know, and it, it, there's so much more to the support you get from your brand. There's the there's the product and how it uses or not. It's the support. It's about whether they can can fulfill your orders in a timely manner. It's the education ongoing. It's how do you 
how do you um, transition from something that isn't as aggressive, then it might not cover your graze as well. So there's another transition that needs to be made. So all of those transitions are really important. So to have someone to help you through those and to step you around the holes is, is so cool. Well, and working with a coach is just, it's a quicker way because you get to learn from their mistakes and their other mistakes that they have seen happen. And it's just a quick way to go from A to Z. You're still going to get A A to Z, right? We're all still going on our journey and where we're going is what we're meant for. But when you have support and you have that, that insight, you just get there a little bit quicker. And that's me quickness because you can, we're still going to make mistakes, but you make mistakes quicker and you stop making mistakes and learn how to shift much, much quicker. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So good, isn't it? Well, it's been lovely mm-hmm. to talk to you. Um, is there any questions you'd like to ask me as a, as a different country? Um, is there anything that you want to know that we might do in Australia that we do that we do different? Or is there anything you might before we finish up? Oh, I'd love, I mean, there's so many questions, right? We could probably do a whole nother podcast on it. <laughs> um, but I think you answered a lot of the questions with, you know, the plastics, because that's a big thing that I teach as well. Um, but is there anything else that stands out to you, especially for clean and sustainable beauty in the salon that you guys do a little bit differently? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you do it there. We find, um, and you can't do it in remote areas, but in our capital cities, and I think all capital cities now, we have a collection process where they collect all the waste. I'm not sure if you have that. So that the hair goes in a separate one, food goes in another one, recycle, and then all the um, all the the like the empty bottles and that and and the foil and everything. So we have that and we add on a $2 surcharge to each client. Your client comes 156, we'll make it 158 and the client knows that they pay for that. So it's moved forward. So we do that. We still don't have that in remote towns because it's about the Mm -hmm. clothing of. So that's that's a bit of a shame. Um, So there's that, I suppose. Um, I don't think anyone has problems with their uh, selection. I think we're all um, moving to better selection. I remember, I don't know if you have Kevin Murphy. Have you heard of Kevin Murphy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Murphy, That there's on one of the other podcasts, you can listen to that. I do an interview with Kevin. And he started in the same city as I did in Melbourne. And he talks about how he came to be where he is now because he was a stylist and a session stylist first. And then um, he talks about the bottles because his bottles are square, right? Mm-hmm. The reason his bottles are square is because there's no waste when you put them in a in a box to send them somewhere. The box is smaller, right, because they're back. Oh. Yeah, which I didn't know. Fantastic. Yeah. I did and, not know that that's why it was uh, square either. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> so the square means that they pack better and that there's not, yeah. you know, you have to use so much more. So if you... If you can put them into a box that small, then you only have to use half the amount of cardboard to cover the packaging and, you know, all of those sort of things. And I thought, oh, wow. So, you know, even when we think we're doing a good job, there is even more that we can be doing. So very interesting. There's always going to be more that we can be doing. And just seeing what 
it is that we are doing and anyone getting started, like take one step and then give yourself grace, like pat yourself on the back. You're taking a step. That one step will compound into greater um, returns. You'll see greater returns after the compound. And then, you know, in the next month or whatever your timeline is, add one more thing. Like, don't try to do it all. Give yourself grace and then, you know, celebrate the things that you're doing because you are doing more than a lot of stylists. Like there's so many millions of stylists and salon owners out there that we're still not making those changes, right? So just being able to take that one little step will be huge. And then we can worry about the next step later. Yeah. And one of the things that I think will come in time, and I have seen it when I was in Indonesia in a like a healthy a vegan cafe or something, they had um, shampoo and conditioner in bars like you would a soap. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, we have those. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, how good. Yeah. You can rub that, rub it where you need it, you know, lift up your hair and rub it where, because we all try and get it through. And I thought, imagine that. That yeah. would take out so much waste, wouldn't it? I wonder whether, you know, it's got to be a big shift for companies to do that and how they you know, maybe, you know, when you put the conditioner on your hair and you put it on and then straight away your hair almost melts and feels like all the knots are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder whether there's some of that reaction can't be put into a bar of soap. I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know what the resistance is, but I would have thought that it would have advanced along a bit quicker than it has, if that makes sense. And maybe you know of product yeah. companies that are all in bars and no bottles, or is it is it token gesture still? Um, I think it's becoming more and more. There's, I don't think companies who had bottles to begin with have transferred over, right? Because that would require an entire reformulation, completely different product. But I do see product lines that are devoted to sustainability creating these shampoo and conditioner bars. And they, they work. I have used them myself. And, you know, we all like, there's going to be something for some, like for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. So people, I have plenty of clients who love the shampoo bars and conditioners. That's all they want to use. And then I have my other tried and true who want, they love, and it's an all, it's also sustainable, right? So completely clean product in a sustainable um, bottle. And that's what they gravitate towards. So I think we're going to start seeing more and more. And when we talked earlier about like the color line, it is all about not only the ingredients, right? Look at the ingredients, choose one that just has better ingredients. But also when you're clear on your vision and your mission, then you know if sustainability is really important to you, then you're going to choose products that have either less um, packaging or all of their packaging is sustainable and reused and recycled and upcycled. So like that's a part that I look at for every single line that I buy that comes on into the salon must stand to those standards because it's in my vision and my mission statement. So it doesn't vary because I'm able to really like be clear about what it is that I'm looking at for. 
Yeah. And I think you're right when you said before the consumer's just more aware now and they want to yes. connect with people that do good things in our in our world. And that's I couldn't say that any more clearer. That's just people do. They just want to work with people yeah. who have good values and, and their values align with yours. So thank you for doing your good work and thank you for being available this morning for this podcast. It's afternoon where you live. Where are you exactly, Jacqueline? I'm in Virginia. I'm like 30 minutes outside of DC. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> oh, you have a lovely evening and thank you for you. If you want to just hold on the line, I'll just thank you off the screen. I'll just pause the recording. Yes. I do want to say just one more thing. Um, if you're looking for a community, I'm also a co-founder of the Green Beauty Community on Instagram, and we're really dedicated to education. Like yeah. that's where education come on there, message me. I'm a real person on the other end. I, I love to have conversations about this. So there's a lot of things that I'm in and working on so that we can get more education out there for people to just start taking that one step. Yeah, that's good. And what we'll do is we'll put those in the show notes too. So the person can scroll down the bottom and have a look at the show notes and then you can find you there. Easy. Hello, it's Lisa here, and I hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast just as much as I did bringing it to you. If you would like to find out more about what I do to help salon owners find their confidence, why don't you check out my brand new program, Salon 800. Over eight weeks, I promise to raise the revenue in your salon by at least $800 a week or your money back. So what have you got to lose, really? If that interests you, click the link below and you can check it all out there. Bye for now.